Le'Veon Bell season form, as you mentioned already. Uh, I already forgot to notes on Miami and the Patriots, so I apologize to both of those. We're just gonna skip past that though. So Jets, <laughs> look up the bye week yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you just. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Steve Bonham, joined, as always, by my uh, my sidekick, my partner in crime, my uh, my Mexico to Zeke Elliott, Neil Smith, everybody, Neil Smith. <laughs> Huge distraction is, is more what it is. I also resent sidekick. How's everybody doing out there, even though you can't respond? You can resent it all you want. This, the truth is there. So uh, I disagree with all of that entirely, as you say. And uh, but we're dealing with a whole lot of resentment in the league. That's a good theme to kick off with here. Uh, as we get right into our notes, we got uh, Melvin Gordon as a follow up holding out, of course, immediately as soon as we hyped him up on the last pod. So uh, I wanted to make sure we got that note in there. Revisited that a little bit. No, uh, no new information on the holdout for Melvin Gordon. When you're doing your ranks, how's that affecting uh, Austin Eckler? How's that affecting uh, Jackson? How's that affecting where you like Gordon? Because we had him in our top 20. Absolutely. So that's an excellent segue. I have a rankings update coming uh, this weekend to address issues like, well, we'll get into it, but uh, Tyreek Hill and Zeke Elliott. No, of course, Melvin Gordon. And to be honest with you, so far, I haven't really had much of an adjustment for Melvin Gordon or for Eckler or for Jackson, because I honestly don't think that in case of Melvin Gordon, that he is going to be able to justify sitting out the entirety of the season like Zeke did. His contract status is a little bit different because technically he's in a situation where because of how the team controls his rights, he would still be under contract next year. So he would actually have to sit out two seasons and be fined every week by the league while he did it. And I just don't see how that's going to work. I appreciate the threat. I know what he's trying to do, but I think ultimately so far, I am not 100% persuaded that Melvin Gordon won't be playing for you week one. So I've been a little reluctant to uh, to make that adjustment. So I wanted to bounce that idea back to you, actually, and see what your thoughts were on that. Did you have any anything uh, that might differ with that opinion? Nope. Still July. I mean... Only for a few more hours, but... Also a good point. Still July. Also a good point that I didn't mention. Still July. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is baby steps. I mean, this is way early. Obviously, I get the trepidation if you're drafting now, but as we've always said, you never want to draft this soon, so... Unless it's yeah. an absolute emergency, but even that, I find it hard to believe. Like, this is way too and, early. So that gets draft. us into our next one, which is... Uh, but wait, hold on. I get to use our drop for the first time this season. Meanwhile, oh, God, it's good to be back, right? So nice to be back after two weeks off. Whew. And then the, the months before mid-season, that. Mid-season wow. form. Mid-season form. Mid-season form. Uh, so Tyreek Hill did not get a suspension. Last time we talked, we talked about him getting at least four games, it seemed like. And he actually walked away with nothing, which is stunning from the NFL. So... A lot of people wanted to immediately jump on the Tyreek Hill hype train. I am right back where I was last year, hopping in the hot take time machine with Tyreek Hill just outside of my top 20. That does not change at all, even with him playing the full season. Look, I said before, McCole Hardman, I I feel like is going to cut into Hill's role, not to mention a much, much, much tougher schedule this season that I don't think people are anticipating uh, into their uh, equation here into the the stats that they're factoring in last season remember kansas city put up historic offensive numbers they also had one of the top five easiest schedules in the league this year they have the hardest schedule in the league and mahomes with a full season of tape on him is going to regress a little bit there's so many mouths to feed there i just don't see tyree kill putting up the huge numbers he'd have to do to sustain a wide receiver one role let alone the top five role everybody wants to draft him into well, that was that was the fun, the one of the funnest days so far leading up into this young NFL season was being on Twitter and watching Steve battle Twitter. As we try to have civil discourse and Steve is finally pushed into a place where it's like, do you even math? 
because that was the uh, fundamental sticking point from a lot of people's analysis on. Uh, yeah, and we don't have a ton of time. I don't want to go do way into it. Uh, we do not. But, again, but my point is, we have, re we have regression recap. built in. That was all it was. Just, yeah, just to reiterate what it is you're saying, it's very simple. We all can agree that Mahomes can't possibly put up the same numbers he put up last year. And my projections have him still having a great year, but 1,500 fewer yards and 15 fewer touchdowns. I mean, that's a big, or 500 fewer yards, excuse me, and 15 fewer touchdowns. That's a, that's a significant drop-off, and that has to come from somewhere, right? So yes. there's no drop in Watkins' production. There's no drop in Kelsey's production. Uh, you have Robinson, who makes a step forward in his second year. You have Coleman, who's added into the offense. You have Damian Williams, who has the full running back job to himself. No matter what you think of Damian Williams, the running back in an Andy Reid offense always succeeds. So the running back core as a whole will still put up the same numbers they put up last season. The regression has to come from somewhere. And the big plays from Tyreek Hill make the most sense to be the spot that that regression comes from. So Which that has been my whole argument this whole time. And when you take away those big plays, and if you factor in that Mahomes regression, it drops Hill outside of my top 20. Which is why I will likely have Tyreek Hill in my rankings update at wide receiver 20. A lot of people have been asking, and I still do see a lot of that noise coming through the Fantasy Life app and on Twitter, and I've been addressing it as it comes through of, how can you not have Tyreek Hill as a top five wide receiver? And I'm like, it's very simple, actually. <laughs> it's not. What he does is not sustainable. Math. <laughs> it's math. and and, and and what I where I usually seem to find the the sticking point with a lot of these people, the argument that seems to be really holding them is okay, fine. So you're telling me you'd rather have Tyreek Hill this year than Julio Jones? Okay, that's a hot take. Go for right. it. Like go for it. And then when you put it in those terms, I find a lot of people because math's not landing. So put it in those terms, and all of a sudden people are like, "Oh, I see your point." I'm like, "Yeah." Like there, there you go. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. So 100%. We are going into our uh, division breakdowns here. We got to run through these two divisions to get through this week. We are starting with the AFC East. And uh, I mean, this time around, th it's going to be a lot easier for you. You already know all these guys are Bills. My favorite so, segment. I mean, there's no guessing game here. Are you a Bill? These are the Buffalo Bills. Everybody. Everybody on the Bills has a week six bye, obviously. Uh, notes from the offseason for Buffalo. They, of course, signed Frank Gore. They signed Tyler Croft. They signed Cole Beasley, John Brown, TJ Yeldon. Put a whole bunch of new guys in there. They're bringing back the same coaching staff from last season. And, of course, Tyler Croft broke his foot on the first day of OTAs because Tyler Croft. So he shed the walking boot today. <laughs> he did. I mean, it's a step it's in the right step direction. In the right direction. Yep. <sighs> no pun intended, obviously. Oh boy. Uh, so we have Josh Allen as QB, one twenty-eight overall in consensus. Currently going as QB twenty-three, ranked QB twenty-one. I've got him as my QB nineteen, which disgusts me that I'm higher than the consensus on it because I'm a guy that's generally down. <laughs> On Josh Allen. I mean, look, the kid cannot pass, but you can't ignore the legs. In fantasy football, you just can't ignore the legs, especially because if he rushes in for touchdowns, that is going to factor into his fantasy production. No doubt about it. I mean, where, where do you have Josh in your uh, ranks? I actually hate Josh Allen. I have a QB 26. And the, uh, the, I have, exact, I wish I, have, I had him at QB. I have the exact I really opposite thought, which is I watched the scrambling and the running around. And yes, some of that is by design. And yes, he will be able to achieve some of that. However, with a year of tape on it. And we went through the whole list and we're going to go through it again here, case by case. And to be what on that skill position list that they added excites you. Taking Frank Gore out of it for a moment, because Frank Gore Nothing. is the ageless wonder of time. Nothing. But that said, so it's like I, I don't see I him have him at better 19. At... Consensus is 21. ADP is 23. You're at 26. This is a two QB league issue for Josh Allen. It's not That's somebody great. that you're you're going to take in a, a standard redraft league. So not somebody you really want to worry about. For running backs, it's the old standby of LaShawn McCoy. You can check out 
Kyle Jones. So fly, Kyle oh, Jones. So fly. Newest addition to the uh, Important Nonsense family. So welcome aboard, Kyle. You can Love follow you so him on fly. Twitter at Kyle underscore Jones 77 or on the Fantasy Life app at KJones 77. His first article for us last week of his bold prediction series was that LaShawn McCoy will be a cap casualty. Won't even make the roster, which uh, I, I don't know if that's so much a hot take as it is plausible, right? Yeah. It's a bold prediction, <laughs> yeah. but but it's also my, the money real. that he makes, the age he's at, it is extremely real. Uh, he's currently ranked 104 overall, running back 36. I have him personally at 107 overall, which is running back 32. And that goes back to the Josh Allen issue of, I don't think he can do it all himself and he can't do it through the air. So I feel like McCoy is going to get a lot of touches Fair. I have him actually right at RB 37. So, uh, I, I'm just not a huge fan and we'll get into why in a minute, but spoiler alert, it's because Frank Gore exists. And I also really would just like go read the article, but I would drive home a point, which is last year, LaShawn McCoy saw a reduction of like 44% in carries and 46% in targets. And he played two less games. He looks washed. That's kind of been, been my takeaway is I'm, I'm and the O-line is still going to be bad. Whereas Frank Gore, Frank Gore's a bulldozer. He's just going to keep getting you those three and a half yards carry all the way to Canton. All the way. So the remaining running back room, uh, you've got Devin Singletary, the rookie, TJ Yeldon, who they signed, as I mentioned, and Frank Gore, who they also signed. In that order, respectively, they are running backs 59, 69, and 71 in consensus. Singletary is the favorite amongst ADP at running back 54. Uh, who's your standout of that group? Is it old I, man I, Gore? It's, it's Gore. I have him at RB 57. All right. I've got Gore at 58 and Yeldon at 59. However, my ranks are before uh, Gore went on the non-football injury list. So yeah. That's part of my that may switch well, a little bit as well. Also, I still we'll have see. Really in that area. This is one work. of those scenarios where, honestly, you could I could see Singletary being the guy that I'd want the most, uh, depending on preseason. This is kind of why right. preseason snaps matter and how they factor in the offense because this is a scenario where if he looks hot and he looks like a guy who could be a three down back potentially, then. Sure, he's got to leap up my ranks, and that would make McCoy a casualty. But if he looks lost, then there's just too many guys in there between McCoy, Yeldon, and Gore fighting with him for me to ever think he'll have the job to himself and be a viable fantasy option. And that's completely fair. It's 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 really is one of those things where it's a name to know for me. I have him as RB81. And again, I'll do a rankings update this weekend, and then I'll do another rankings update uh, after the week three preseason games conclude, and that'll be the final rankings adjustment uh, that you should draft with. But Singletary would have to do something pretty impressive, pretty consistently, actually, throughout. He'd have to be like a Philip Lindsay candidate. You know what I mean? A guy who right. just has such a great camp and great preseason that you would have to be, you'd be at risk of being fired for not playing that guy. You know what I mean? And that's And that's the kind of camp I think he would need to have, which by all accounts, that's not necessarily what's happening there. They also added a couple receivers in the offseason to try to help Josh Allen out. They got John Brown. They were bringing back Robert Foster from last season. You remember that, I'm sure. Zay Jones, of course, the, the man Zay with Jones the hands the of stone. Yep. <laughs> and Cole Beasley from the Cowboys, who kind of feels like the odd man out in this, uh, in this offense. So he is the slot guy, theoretically, but it seems like he's the guy that absolutely nobody wants. Uh... John Brown's the highest rated of all of them at 56. ADP hates every single one of them <laughs> right now. Uh, John Brown's also the highest guy on my ranks at 59, right around where consensus is. Uh, is John Brown the guy for you as well? Oh, the internet is a wonderful thing, how it chooses to buffer. Uh, he is wide receiver 60. And then uh, I actually have Cole Beasley at the second highest rated five slots behind. So that's another guy actually that I have a negative confidence rating on though, but yep. that's, that's the way that the projection worked out. I actually had him projected for a very nice season because why would you bring him in if you weren't planning to integrate him into the offense? Right. However, that's, that's the situation. Because, 
That's a situation I'm monitoring throughout the preseason as well, though. I could see Cole Beasley yeah. getting tanked in my final rankings. <laughs> Beasley in consensus is wide receiver 92, which is that's crazy to me because I thought I was low on Cole Beasley at 72. Yeah, right. And I'm seven spots ahead of you and, and I'm feeling like I'm crazy. possibly. Yeah. And I've got Robert Foster at 74 and Zay Jones at 77. I hate all of them to be to be clear. Uh, but, you know, Cole Beasley, when you're talking about, uh, you know, a 12 team league, 72 is the. Uh, the sixth wave, basically, your sixth wide yeah. receiver back into that seventh wide receiver, pretty much. So yep. super depth. A guy who, in PPR, theoretically, if they just check down the ball to Cole Beasley all the time, could turn into a, a late-round guy like an Adam Humphreys from last that's kinda, season. That's or kind of um, projected. It's a high... What's that percentage. guy's name? Uh, oh, yeah, Cole Beasley. <laughs> that guy. So a guy who plays the slot, gets a lot of checkdowns, gets a lot of receptions. He could be the same guy he's always been. And for free right now as a depth spot, it's not crazy. No, and I'll tell you why. Because my projection is for him to catch 55 balls roughly. Now it's only for six. It's for less than 600 yards because that's the that's what I think it's going to be. And that's it, that's not normally in standard. That's horrendous. You know what I mean? But in PPR, he's going to catch 50 balls. That it, it is like a depth guy for nothing. And just to round it out, I have Zay Jones at wide receiver 88 and Robert Foster at receiver 90 because I just have zero interest in either one. Uh, tight ends that aren't Tyler Croft aren't worth mentioning, and he's not healthy yet. So uh, moving on, Bill's defense, consensus top 12. I've got him top 10. I have him as the number eight rated defense. Uh, they're bringing back a lot of personnel there, and they were good defensively last year, despite the rest of the team being atrocious. So, I mean, that's another reason to be down on Josh Allen, right, is you're looking at a lot of low-scoring games, and he can chuck the ball deep, but he's got no one that can catch it down there. So if John Brown can be that guy, I mean, that's that's kind of what they're hoping at this point. Yeah, and I think he probably can be for about four games, which is more or less the way his career has panned out. Par for the course. I have, him, I have the Bills defense at uh, number 10, defense 10. Moving on to Miami, you've got the QB battle between Josh Rosen, the embattled second-year quarterback coming over from the Cardinals in the trade and Fitz magic. He's back, baby. He, he couldn't, couldn't stay away coming over from Tampa Bay right now. They're going uh consensus. They're well, he didn't have to move very far. You know, he only had to drive <laughs> yeah. like down. The, it's not like he had to move out of state. Like it, it wasn't really that big of a deal. So right now consensus, their QBs 33 and 34. I have Rosen at 31 and Fitzpatrick at 35, just because we've seen that before uh i kind of feel like rosen eventually is going to get the shot here maybe halfway through the season so eventually it'll be his job but what you're really talking about is in terms of drafting you don't want either one of these guys because they're going to each have half of a season essentially which is how the numbers work out for him and uh even though fitzpatrick is going to have the front half of it i don't want either one of these guys yeah, these are not guys to own in redraft. These are, however, cheap guys to keep an eye on for streaming and for daily because one of them is going to get this job, but also, as we're going to get into in a second, they're not going to have a lot of help. So Kenyon Drake, the returning running back, uh, RB24 in consensus. He's currently going 25. I have him at RB26. It's the highest I've ever been on Kenyon Drake, and I absolutely hate that I'm so high on Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Look, the fact is that every single time I buy into a Miami Dolphins running back, it always burns me. I, I feel like hopefully with Adam Gase gone, finally that trend can be switched. But then you've got Kalen Balaj, a guy right. we talked about a lot last preseason as a guy who could take over that starting role or even take over the secondary role. And then Frank Gore had the season he did. That nobody really saw. Well, then later in the season, after Frank Gore was hurt, we I remember Kalen Balaj, perennial waiver wire ad guy for a couple yeah. of weeks. Like four or five weeks, he hit that he hit that number. And to be fair, before we completely move off Kenyon Drake, I also the reason part of the reason I laugh so loud is I also have him as RB six, and it's also the highest I've ever been on Kenyon Drake because I notoriously do not care for his playing style. And also, as we'll get into in a moment, Adam Gase, running back killer. Uh, was the guy running the show there up until recently. And I'm, I'm, there's so many red flags all over it. But yeah, Ken, 
Kalen Balaj, I'm actually upset about, Steve, because his ADP has risen significantly. And a lot yeah. of people are on this. This is not specific to our show, but I would say that both of us agree with the general take, which is if you can get Kalen Balaj at a discount still, wherever you happen to be playing with whoever you happen to be playing, I would do that. That is absolutely a thing that I'm interested in. Cameron Wolf confirmed last week Balaj has a real chance to win the starting job away from Kenyon Drake. I don't think he'll be a three down back. I don't think he has the size for it, but I don't think anything else as the starting back. They would split carries, which is kind of scary if you're going to invest that much in Drake, whereas you wouldn't have to invest as much to get Balaj and get perhaps the same amount of work. Well, yeah, you're talking about. RB 25 versus RB 57. Yep. So yeah, the investment, right. all of a sudden the math is so juicy where it's like, if I can get half a job out of a guy when he, I'm picking him up in, you know, overall 166, I'm all about that. That's, sure. that's way better that than his. Far back, yeah, you know, yeah. as we were just talking about in terms of a 12 team league, that's your fifth running back. Yeah. When you're talking about that depth. Sure. That's absolutely, that's a guy I'm not relying on every single week. That if he hits, great. If he doesn't, he's waiver fodder. And he's yep. the guy I cut to pick up someone else. It's, but Whereas it's, with Drake at 25, I have to play him on a weekly basis. Yes, and that's I'm the role. on him producing. And 100%. I don't know how much I can trust him. Yeah, so I'd rather at this point, as we're going into drafts, I'd be targeting Kalen Balaj and targeting other running backs in the draft. Behind them, you've got rookie Miles Gaston, who uh, I don't believe in yet. See what he does in the preseason as well. And then Mark Walton coming over. Cincinnati, who we talked up last season, the uh, the former Miami grad. So uh, he's got talent. He's got a big body. We said he just had no place there behind Joe Mixon. So, I mean, honestly, depending on what he can do in the preseason, this is a guy who I think could be flagged as a potential uh, Philip Lindsay type candidate. 100%. If you, if you don't buy into Drake, and we already saw how Bellage struggled, you know, Mark Walton could be a guy that you've never heard of and all of a sudden jumps in and has a starting role week one. Yep. And here's receivers. the other thing that's going to happen. Well, here's the other thing that happened with Mark Walton. He could be suspended permanently from the football arena of all football. So it's not it's not to say there is no risk. Mark Walton was was uh, involved in a pretty nasty off the field incident, and it is not the first time that has happened, which is how he found himself in Miami. It is worth pointing that. Out. Wide receivers, you've got Kenny Stills, of course, coming back. They re- Signed Devontae Parker in the offseason. Albert Wilson coming back from injury. Jakeem Grant, and they just signed Alan Hearns after the Cowboys cut him. So it's become a crowded room (laughs) of meh wide receivers out there in Miami. Uh, But again, fits magic. So if he sets the world on fire here, somebody's going to produce. Uh, and, is there uh, anybody in particular you're interested I, in? Or for the me, only one, the only, it's Albert Wilson. I was just going to say, for me, it's either Albert Wilson or we go all the way down to Jakeem Green. I'm not interested in Kenny Stills because the price tag, even at wide receiver 63, is too high because of the risk factor. And then Devontae Parker, I've seen that flame out too many times. Albert Wilson, or as they call him in Miami, Fast Albert, is uh, a real interesting guy, but injuries have dogged his whole career. And I was interested in Jakeem Grant because the man is an absolute, he has got just wheels at a level. He's got wheels on wheels. That man is so fast, but also injury concerned. But for me, Jakeem Grant is basically free. So I like him, uh, maybe not for draft, but I like that as a name to know as we get into the season a little bit, early season, yeah, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Wilson going at wide receiver 76 right now. He is my wide receiver 50. Oh, nice. To me, okay. he's, he's cheap Tyreek Hill. It, I mean, well, it's not a bad comp. That's kind of what you're getting. Except He's, more injury prone. It's the spot. It's kill. speed. Just put your hand up and let Fitzmagic chuck it down there. Right. And I like that. Five interceptions, but one big <laughs> touchdown. So, yeah. Because for me, I still have Kenny Stills rated uh, the highest. And then I'm actually right there with you. I have Albert Wilson. Uh, what was your number for Albert Wilson? Uh, 57. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, 63. 53. I'm at 60, so I'm not that far behind you. And then I have Devontae Parker drops off to 70, and Jakeem Grant's all the way down at 91. But still. Yeah, I hate Devontae Parker. I got him in Yeah, 86, I hate that so. too. And I have, I have Kenny Stills fairly high, highly rated for Kenny Stills. That's the caveat there. Fairly highly rated for Kenny Stills. Because I've got him. Tight end, uh, it's uh, Mike Gasecki. He's uh, consensus 22, ADP 25. I've got him 28. Not somebody I want, even in a two tight end scenario. 
I don't trust it because of the offense. Dolphins defense is terrible. You don't want to yeah, play them. In we can move on scenario. from the Dolphins. Actually, we were, we were done with after the wide receivers. So let's uh, let's show our our Bostonian pride here because apparently we are the all Patriots podcast now uh, with our, our love here. I don't know. We how start, of course, with Tom Terrific, who uh, comes in consensus twenty two, ADP seventeen. He's my QB fifteen because apparently I love the Patriots so. A lot of my Patriots love comes back to the fact that they have the number one rated pass and run blocking line in the league, and they have a fairly easy schedule. So it's going to be pretty easy for them to put up big points. And at 15, Tom Brady is not a quarterback that I'm looking as, you know, a starter. But if I get Tom Brady and he is my starter, I don't feel horrible about it. Yeah, no, I'm in that same neighborhood. I've actually got him like five spots lower, but I've got him at 20. I don't feel horrible about it either, though, but it's not necessarily somebody that I'm I'm in the same neighborhood as you in the sense that it's not somebody that I'm drafting to be my like top 12 starter for a 12 team league or something. But if I ended up there in that second tier, because he's in that tier with everybody else that would be at 15, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm fine with it. I'm fine with any of that. It's cool. It's, it's all good. I, I, I don't I don't hate him as much as 22. Good Lord. Like it's like that's that's suicide. Running back is the interesting debate, as always, yeah, for New England. What do you do with the running back situation? You have James White returning. Of course, Sony Michelle going into his second season. The rookie, Damian Harris, they drafted this year. And Rex Burkhead still lingering around there. So, you know, who do you love the most? Uh, consensus, it's uh, James White at RB22. ADP, it's Sony Michelle at RB22. And for me... It's James White at RB13. I love me some James White in PPR this year, Neil. You son of a... Oh, I thought I was going to pip you. I have him at RB16. Oh, Oh, no. I I got him borderline RB1. I'm furious. Okay, well, we both love James White, clearly. We're both both firmly in that camp of James White. We were talking to uh, our new teammates here at Important Nonsense about uh, James White and the love for James White. And basically the point I just kept coming back to was when you look at consensus, they have James White right now at 22. I've got him at 13. And all the guys in between what 13 and 22, basically, that they have James White behind, I have him ahead of because I'm more confident knowing what his role is going to be, the offense he's playing in, and that he's a PPR monster who has produced in the past as opposed to these guys that I'm hoping can produce for me now that they're willing to take a chance on that. I'm not, no, that's very much it. I mean, he, like I have him, I have him in that like Philip Lindsay, Nick Chubb territory, because I feel like he just, he has proven to me and sounds like to you too, that he is a cut above some of the, well, to use a weird phrase, flaxum and gypsum, just random trash that I should say trash, but random guys that just kind of pollute the new England room. He's going to have that role. I mean, I just don't see how they're all of a sudden going to go away from him. He was a monster last year. He was really good the year before that. To me, he seems to have separated, and I know, I feel like I know for once what his role will be. And it's the so pass both, catching and the PPR. We're both high on James White. Uh, what's your take on Sony Michelle? Because I ADP actually, is yeah. 22. I've got him at 21. I have him at 27. So I actually am a okay. little bit lower on, on Sony Michelle. That's kind of where I had to knock him down to. And for me, it's not actually a commentary on Sony Michelle's talent. It's more of a commentary on he gets lowered a little bit for me because I'm a little scared of Sony Michelle getting hurt. And I don't know. Yeah, fair. Uh, that's really what it is. Like, I'm a little just nervous about his durability. And I'd love to see him go out and put down an awesome 16-game season this year and finish above where I have him. Because then I'll feel a lot better about him just moving forward in general. But for this year, I'm just a little nervous about it. Yeah, it's a weird scenario where that offense, I feel like, can sustain Michelle getting the first and second down carries and the goal line carries. And James White as the third down back getting the pass catches and and occasionally the hurry up up goal line stuff. So they'll both have roughly the same amount of rushing slash receiving touchdowns. And I feel like in terms of yardage, it's going to balance out to about the same overall between receiving and rushing yardage. It's just the edge to me in PPR, which is what we always deal with, is going to be James White. 
because he's getting all the uh, the pass catches. But other than that, I feel like the offense can sustain them both. Damian Harris is kind of a darling of the uh, the preseason here because of Michelle's current injury status. Sure. Do you have any interest in Damian Harris as a flyer later on? Yeah, but here's the thing. I have Rex Burkhead and Damian Harris actually pretty much right next to each other at 61. Me too. I have 61 them at 55 and, 60, and 56. Yeah. I'm right in that neighborhood where it's like, I just don't really know yet. And so I ranked it that way. And that's another situation that I'm looking at through the preseason. And that's going to be a little bit of a hedge probably to Harris as long as Michelle's not playing because you'll see more of him in the preseason. That being said, if he doesn't look good, uh, in these games, then, you know, you never know. And Rex Burkhead is kind of similar situation to Sony Michelle. Love the talent, have for years. I remember he was decent even going back to the Cincinnati days, but he's just kind of always beat up. Yep. And when he's hurt, he's not useful to you at all. He just, he can't play hurt. He, he just seems to get injured. So it's, it's kind of frustrating, which is why I downgrade him. All right. Time to wax poetic because here comes Uncle Touchy. We Julian Edelman. We need violin music or something. <laughs> <laughs> wide receiver 15 in consensus. Wide receiver 15 in ADP. I've got him wide receiver 7. Top Woo. 10, top 7 guy. Look, I think with Gronk gone, we've talked about this. Somebody has to get those pass catches. He's a consistent PPR freak. He was a top 12 guy last year in the 12 games he was able to play. Julian Edelman is going to have a monster year. And the fact that people are waiting on him until the fourth round is ludicrous to me. And that's why I will own Julian Edelman in a fantasy year because yep. I have him at wide receiver six. And I will go back to the stat I gave in the opener when we did our top 20s. In his last 16 games without Gronk, Julian Edelman put down 113 catches for 1,300 yards and three touchdowns. And while that may not be the most perfect measurement, it is definitely indicative of how he gets used in that offense, which is not changing when Gronk is not there. Gronk is no longer there. So I really think that I have him, for example, projected for 1,300 yards because I think that's what you're coming away with. And I have him, I don't have him for the full 113, but I have him topping over 100 receptions. And so the idea that you're going to let a guy like that go all the way to the fourth round, thank you very much. I will own you in yeah, we, just about we every format. Julian Edelman in our opening show because uh, we had him consensus top 15 overall. He's currently going as wide receiver 50. So that is just absolute insanity. Rest of the wide receiver room, Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver rookie this year. They also brought in Philip Dorsett, Demarius Thomas, who's recovering from an ACL tear, and Dontrell Inman. The public, based on name and name alone, is going with Demarius Thomas at wide receiver 67 <laughs> is the best of yeah. those options. Uh, although, I'm sorry, that's not true. Nikhil Harry is going at wide receiver 42, then Demarius Thomas. Uh, consensus has uh, Harry at 48. None of the other guys really in the top 100. I have Nikhil Harry at 39. Again, super high on all Patriots just because it's Tom Brady. <laughs> same offense the line it's the easy schedule it's over and over same thing nope it's that we can pretty much wrap this up i have in keel harry in the 40s it's worth a look demarius thomas is fine if you can get him as some sort of like waiver ad at the end of it we've seen dontrell Inman have streaks when he gets good quarterback play you can also have that for free later in the draft i would not pay what people are paying right now for demarius thomas i would see if i could get him later philip dorsett is not something i'm interested in however the patriots are going to put up numbers as we know and we can roll into tight end <laughs> yeah all indications currently are that matt lacoste is going to end up being the starting tight end but they also brought in ben watson the two of them are going to have a competition to see who the starter is i feel like both of them are going to end up playing a lot of two tight end sets and you're never going to know who's the correct one to start on a weekly basis. I want to avoid the headache at all costs. Uh, Patriots defense, though, uh, pretty good. Again, I've got them as the number five rated defense. Again, that schedule. Yeah, the same easy joke schedule they get to play every year. Uh, I actually have them at 11. Um, but uh, So I'm more yeah, in line consensus with... consensus has them at 11. It's just... Yeah. Like but I, I, said, I know, but, but I get me, what you're saying. Also, I... from like four to five pretty yeah. close. Well, so. I also usually stream defenses anyway. So if you got the Patriots to start off with, I'd be inclined to maybe look at them for a little longer, but you could probably still rotate it matchup based. Last, but, uh, well, yeah, I guess not least because the Dolphins are in the division. 
the, uh, the Jets. The Bills, too. Let's be honest. The Bills, too. Yeah, Sam Darnold coming into his second season. QB 25 in consensus, 27 currently in ADP. I've got him at 27 as well. Again, a guy that I don't even want in a two QB league. Second year, we'll see how we can develop, especially with the uh, the receivers and, and talent around him. But unfortunately, I mean, other than Le'Veon, they didn't really corral much this offseason. That's very fair. I, yeah, I have Darnold at 23, so I like him. But <clears throat> that's only because. Well, it's his year two, so I think he'll. But it's not somebody you want. And yeah, we could take the deep dive. We should take the deep dive into Le'Veon Bell again, just very quickly, because we talked about it in the uh, the opening show. But yeah, uh, I mean, Le'Veon in Bell has some form, uh, as you mentioned already. Uh, I already forgot to do notes on Miami and the Patriots, so I apologize to both of those. So we're just going <laughs> to skip past that, though. So Jets, <laughs> <laughs> look up the bye week yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he just. The Jets have the bye week in week four. Uh, they brought in Adam Gase from Miami, new head coach, Dow Loggins, the OC, Greg Williams coming over from the Browns as the new defensive coordinator. They signed Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder and cut Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Chris Herndon is going to face a four-game suspension, as we will talk about here shortly. So running back Le'Veon Bell, we talked about already in uh, the opening show. We don't really have to harp on him here. Behind him, it's Elijah McGuire and Ty Montgomery. With Le'Veon Bell, there's always a need for a handcuff. I think it's going to come down to the preseason, and we see who emerges as the clear backup. Yep. Um, it, neither one of these guys are really a, a sexy pick for me. Uh, if I had to go with one or the other, I mean, honestly, they're the same thing, right? Pass catching match. Can't yeah. really handle a full workload. Um, I feel like the best case is probably... For me, going to be Elijah McGuire, just he's, because we've, we've seen it in the past. We've seen say. what he's able to do. He's worked with Darnold, where Montgomery's new to the system. So, younger so guy. That pretty much spots spells it out. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And then just Le'Veon Bell, for those of you, like, I'm a little bit down on Le'Veon Bell uh, from where he's being drafted. And it's mostly because of, go back to the first show, but Adam Gase has a long history of not throwing the ball to the running back, not using the running back. It doesn't feature into his offense. He's, he leads the best he's ever done is like 18. It, it's not good. So check that out uh, from the first show, but it's a, uh, it's a real thing with Le'Veon Bell before we completely move off the th- the, uh, the running backs. So just be aware that not a friendly offense necessarily, but he is by far the best player on this team by far. Wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, and Quincy Anunua are the names of note. They also have Greg Dortch, who is not worth mentioning yet until he uh, does anything in the preseason. Uh, Crowder dealing with a leg injury. We'll see how severe it is, and we'll see how much time he actually will miss. In the meantime, I had Robbie Anderson already at wide receiver 33. Wide receiver 29 in consensus, wide receiver 31 in ADP. So I'm right around that area. If Crowder is out, it's going to be the Robbie Anderson show, especially with Herndon missing the first four games of the season. It'll be interesting to see how Crowder can fit into this offense if he can get back on the field, but injuries have always been an issue for him. Yeah, 100%. I have Robbie Anderson right there at 30, so I'm right in line with pretty much everybody else. He might get a slight bump, but yeah, Crowder is a is a big injury concern, and then as we just talked about, so is Anunwa. Every Everybody's kind of an injury concern, which is why they end up down the list where they are. I think if we could ever new ones, a new one was another interesting guy though, because if Crowder's yeah, oh, yeah. hurt and Herndon's out, you know, consensus right now, a Nunez 67 and I've got him 70, but ADP, he's going 88. So, I mean, I can basically have Quincy Anunwa in any draft that I want him as my wide receiver five. So can I, I have him actually so, uh, in the sixties. I have him at 62 because I've seen him put yeah. up numbers when he's healthy. Yeah, before. Exactly. I mean, so it's, yeah, he's got he's, the talent, he's a, especially just, in a PPR. He's a valuable guy. It's just, he's constantly hurt. So is Jamison Crowder. Yeah, just like this on. entire receiving core. Yeah, can they stay healthy? Constantly hurt. Way you want to build the receiving core. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And then get a tight end who gets suspended. Yeah. Chris Herndon is going to miss the first four games of the season for an off the field issue. As I mentioned before, so with him out, look, when he played last year, he was a great waiver ad. I had him in the waiver column basically every week last season. Uh, he's able to 
I don't know, be one of those mid-tier tight ends if you don't get one of the top guys that are interesting. And with him missing the first four games of the season, you obviously don't want to draft him and stash him. He's not that great. But I think he's a guy that in week five is certainly going to be someone we'll have in that waiver column saying, hey, remember this guy? He still exists. Yeah, because I have him right at tight end 20, and that's usually when you would find it. He'll get back from suspension, and it's like, hey, remember this guy? And it's the other thing he has working for him, too, is he's one of the few guys, as we went through, that has some rapport with Darnold and theoretically knows the offense that they would theoretically be trying to do. You know, it's probably a bit of a different offense. And then, of course, the Jets' defense is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Again, polite. Neil, did you know that in 2018, the average fantasy football player invested $131 into their fantasy? In fact, nope. the fantasy sports and sports betting industry have officially generated more money than the sports leagues that drive them. Not only that, but last year, the average player spent 6.9 hours per week working on their fantasy roster. That's a, a full workday almost for most people. Wow. With all this time and money being consumed, it's time to start protecting your investments. Serious injury to a player on your team can not only mean your bragging rights are gone, but your wallet can take a heavy hit as well. Now with Rotoshurance, you can protect your fantasy football investments by purchasing a small one-time insurance coverage plan for one or multiple players on your team. So if a key player on your fantasy team gets injured, a la AJ Green or David Johnson from a couple years ago, or Odell Beckham from most of last year. Rotoshurance will pay your entire entry fee back to you. Injuries might ruin your player's season, but they don't have to ruin yours. Now exclusive to our listeners, you can get covered by Rotoshurance for 20% off. All you have to do is go to rotoshurance.com, and when you purchase a plan, enter the promo code NONSENSE. That's promo code NONSENSE, N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E to get 20% off your player coverage. Injuries can happen at any time, so don't delay. Head to rotoshurance.com and get covered today. Support the people who support us. Keep the nonsense free, guys. <laughs> Keep up the nonsense indeed. So we're moving on to the NFC East, starting out with them Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Mr. Dak. Mr. Uh, Dak. Mr. Dak. Uh, this is one of my consensus favorite Consensus 16. He is uh, going at ADP 15. Kellen Moore, the new QB coach, or I'm sorry, the new OC, was the QB coach last year, is the only change they had in the offseason to their personnel. I mean, other than that, they're bringing back everybody they had last season. They put the band back together. So Dak Prescott, 16 consensus, as I said, ADP 15. He's 17 for me. He's one of those guys where if you're waiting on quarterback and you don't get anyone else, yeah, there's certain scenarios where I'll stream him, but he's not a guy I want to rely on week to week. See, that's interesting because for me, I actually am. This is one of my big kind of bold predictions, not to borrow a phrase from a fellow writer we have, but I have Dak at QB8. QB8. I love Ooh. me some Dak. It's a hot take festival in here. I love me some Dak Prescott coming in this year. And then Ezekiel Elliott threatens to hold out in Mexico. And suddenly, my whole <laughs> argument starts to go up in smoke. Probably literally, given what goes down in Mexico, or so a friend has told me. And uh, here's the deal. I have him that way based on the idea that they got the band back together. And when we saw they had Zeke and they had the whole band together and it was clicking, he was putting up big numbers. <clears throat> he had a couple of really monster games, and I think that's actually pretty repeatable, to be honest, because he's not being asked to do very much. He's being asked to make throws to open guys because everybody's paranoid that Zeke's going to destroy you. The minute that Zeke's not playing, I'm going to have him down there at QB 17 with you. <laughs> so this is one of the ones where I have him at QB eight, because I think when the whole team is there, the whole line is still okay. They brought Jason Witten back as a safety blank. And I love that addition. They got Cole Beasley out of there. Who cares? Michael Gallup's coming into year two and it sickens me because I hate the Cowboys. But I actually had Dak Prescott projected for a really nice season. He always has a little bit of a rushing floor there for you. He'll get you a couple rushing touchdowns. Uh, but if Zeke's not playing, that changes my whole outlook on the Cowboys completely. The whole narrative again, changes. The whole team has to get It goes adjusted. back to what I said before. Still July. We're still not into still August. July. We still haven't even started the preseason. Uh, so until we get into that type of holdout, I'm not going to adjust my ranks on Zeke or anyone else for the Cowboys offense. We'll see as we get further into the preseason how it all goes. Just something to monitor. 
The rest of the running back depth chart is Tony Pollard, Mike Weber, Darius Jackson, and then uh, they just signed Alfred Morris back two days ago trying to hit a home run. They remember that time that he absolutely just manhandled them on television. (laughs) So Alfred Morris, I mean, filled in when Zeke was out for the suspension fairly well. So they're trying to just kind of relight that uh, that fire, I guess, get that get that back from him. If that is something they need to do, good insurance policy. He's the best guy in their running back room by far uh, when Zeke's not there. Right. Am I wrong in that? No, so, no, no, no. hundred percent. Also the most proven by far. Yeah. So I would think he gets a majority of the preseason touches. We'll see again, situation to monitor. So wide receiver, of course, it starts and ends with Amari Cooper. He is uh, consensus 12 going 12. I've got him at 16 just because there's guys I like better. I'm, I'm less concerned about, and it goes back to the quarterback. I don't trust the quarterback. So uh, that, that hurts him, but you can't argue with the numbers he was able to put up last season when he joined the Cowboys. No, and this is a big part of my DAC ranking when you take, you know, aside from the from the Zeke thing. Uh, I just, he he was a stud, and I've always said he's a stud when you can properly motivate him. So I've got him as actually like wide receiver 16. I've got him right in that tier, right in that range. I think he'll be able to repeat more or less what he did as long as they can keep him properly motivated. That's something that Aiden and I uh, at FF Aware were discussing in the chat of, you got to keep him interested and locked in because it seems like they lost him in Oakland. He just wasn't, <laughs> frankly. Uh, as you mentioned, Michael Gallup going into his second season, I've got him at wide receiver 55, which is pretty in line with ADP. It's a little lower than consensus, but I'm all right yeah. with that. 54. Randall Cobb going 66 in ADP, well above consensus. It's above my rank at 73. People, I guess, just drafting him on the name. I mean... They remember the glory days back. I think back. he's just an injury waiting to happen. I actually have him slightly lower than you. But yeah. Do you think there's any chance of a breakout for Randall Cobb now with Cole Beasley gone if he takes over that spot role? Uh, only if he could stay healthy. If he could stay healthy, right. maybe. But even then, we saw Cole Beasley's targets going down for that role. It wasn't really how they were kind of constructing the offense once Amari Cooper got there. They were really trying to pound the ball with Zeke, dump the ball off to Zeke hit Amari Cooper in the flat, hit Amari Cooper going down the field, and then Michael Gallup cleans up kind of what was left. And then Tavon Austin inexplicably got the ball sometimes, which was interesting. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, Jason Witten, as you mentioned, is back. Old Stumpy has returned. Thank God we don't have to listen to him talk anymore. So uh, Jason Witten, consensus 31. He's going tight end 26. I've got him 20. He's a guy we've talked about where if you wait on tight end, if you completely punt the position, he will have the volume and have a role that I think he will be viable enough to be a streaming option, if nothing else, on a week-to-week basis. I agree. I have him at 21. I have significantly higher than ADP, and it's mostly because, uh, Steve, as you know, I've been burnt several times publicly on saying Jason Witten is done, and he just (laughs) never seems to be done. And that's why he's stumpy running down the field on his bloody stumps because it doesn't seem to matter how much you hurt him. He gets out there. And I think they literally brought him back to do what effectively Cole Beasley was struggling with. Run four yards up the field and turn around. (laughs) And Dak Prescott is going to hit you in the numbers. And and I honestly think that's going to be Jason Witten's role. And it's a role we've seen him just absolutely flourishing in the past. Throw a block, run three yards, fall down. Beautiful. All day. Uh, Cowboys defense, they've got them rated at 13, going 12. I've got them 22. I don't like their schedule. Uh, yeah, I'm also not really a fan of uh, of the Eagles defense. I'm not a fan of how they rebuilt the secondary in addition to the schedule. Giants, you've got Eli Manning and Eli Manning quarterback. Uh, you got QB 31 for Eli. Daniel Jones, the stunt double for Eli, is QB 37. I have Eli at 30 and Daniel Jones at 36, so I'm right in line basically with consensus. Neither one of them really interests me, and the uh, the pass-catching situation doesn't help their cause anyway. Do you have anything to note there, or can we move on? Nope. Eli Manning is... Uh, oh, I, I do have one note. Daniel Jones looks like the actor <laughs> that you would hire to play Eli Manning in the story of Peyton Manning's life. There you go. That's the analysis. Uh, running back, we will also skip past since it's just Saquon and nothing else. Wide receiver, you have so many issues. After trading Odell Beckham, which uh, they traded Odell Beckham, of course, to the Browns. They were able to sign Golden Tate. 
They're expecting Eli to remain the quarterback through 2020, yet somehow Daniel Jones could potentially take over as the starter through week one. They're saying it could be a competition. It's such a massive quarterback. And then on top of all that, Golden Tate suspended the first four games of the season. You have Sterling Shepard fractured his left thumb. That's he was cleared for drills, but he can still catch the ball, but it's tough to do with a broken thumb. Corey Coleman tore his ACL and is done for the year. Cody Latimer's the last man standing. This reminds me of two years ago. Remember when we thought the Giants pass offense was going to be so great and then literally everybody was hurt and there was yeah. nobody left. Remember that? And now and we think they're going to be bad. And it's the preseason. Now we think they're going to be bad. And we then didn't even get hurt. it into the regular season. It's already happened. Uh, that core is so much worse this year than it was that season you're referring to a couple of years back. Uh, but in all seriousness, yeah, the Golden Tate suspension hurts, especially when you figure out what it was for. Uh, the whole Daniel Jones, Eli Manning thing is a product of Dave Football Gettleman, which I think is his actual middle name. Uh, just being a complete wackadoodle just drafting who he wants and doing whatever Tate playing the full season I was right in line with consensus so I had Shepard at 38 and Tate at 42 consensus was 37 and 42 so I was right in line with that anyway now Golden Tate will have four less games and Sterling Shepard's dealing with a fractured thumb I don't see any way I own a giant yeah, and that's the thing. I had Sterling Shepard at 30, but he's going to have to come down. And I had Golden Tate at 40, and he's coming down. So, yeah, at this point, I just – I really like Sterling Shepard. As you know, I'm a Sterling Shepard guy. But when he breaks his thumb in the preseason, it really doesn't make me want to continue to keep him where I have him projected because he's going to be dealing with that into the regular season for sure. It's just not- Evan Ingram's an interesting enigma. Uh, he's consensus six for tight ends. He is going 5 ADP. I've got him at 8 just because I've been burned so many times by Evan Ingram in the past. There are people that have him at 4 because oh, they, yeah. uh, they feel like he's got the talent to be the next guy up yeah, after the, the, the group of uh, 3. So where do you have Evan Ingram in your tight end ranks? 5. Okay. So. <laughs> I have him right at 5. And it's it also... Uh, I was actually... Uh, feeling really great about that when they took a couple of wide receiver injuries and now i actually feel less great about it uh because yeah he'll still get the volume but not crazy about the idea that him be of him being like the only weapon they have that's that's scary yep uh giants defense terrible you don't want it moving on to the eagle philadelphia signed carson wentz big big money in the offseason they also traded michael bennett to new england they got deshaun jackson from the bucks and jordan howard from the bears in separate trades uh, the running back situation is quite an enigma they have going on, as we'll get into in a minute. But Carson Wentz, remember last year we were talking about Carson Wentz as a top four, top five guy. And uh, this season, consensus nine, he's going ADP eight. And I've got him at QB 14. So yeah. what what happened to Carson Wentz? Well, I think we all know what happened to Carson Wentz. The injury happened to Carson Wentz. And that's that's how that starts to happen to you. You know, you, you just become less reliable it's a would you not agree i mean that's i mean yeah i think for me too it's the fact that he's got again the tougher schedule the line has uh, gotten worse and they don't really have the run game to support him back there so yeah yeah. well i'm lower than adp i have him at 10 but i'm not quite as low as you uh because there's still zacherts and there are still some weapons for him i think they will still be able to move the ball to an extent but I think there's a lot of injury is how he went from four to nine and from four to 10 in my rankings and from four to 14, I think you just took. Yeah. And that's another thing too, where uh, we talk about the tiers too, where he's kind of in that group of QBs where if I miss out on the top handful, he's lumped in with a group where really from QB like six to 16, almost they're all projected for about the same stats and same numbers. It's just, who do you have the most confidence in? And as you mentioned, I'm lower on him just because of the injuries. I don't know if he can stay on the field and be as effective. It's 100% fair. Uh, it, it, yeah. At least they got rid of Nick Foles. <laughs> at least that Running conversation. Backs. <laughs> Running backs, they drafted Miles Sanders. Uh, kid has the most upside probably, but he needs to work on his pass blocking. He'll probably struggle to see the field early on. I think Nick Chubb last season is probably my best comp. 
Uh, Jordan Howard, of course, as I mentioned, coming over from the Bears. He'll get a bulk of the early season work, and uh, he'll probably see a lot of the short yardage work as well. So, again, he's going to fall into the end zone a few times. Could be a Sanders vulture throughout the entire year. Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood are the deep sleepers. It's just whoever can really emerge as the third down pass catcher in this offense. Consensus, Sanders 37 and Howard 38 butted up right up against each other. For me personally, I've got Howard at 41 and Sanders at 35. So I'm a little uh, I'm a little down on Jordan Howard compared to the rest. As I said, I feel like this is a good comp to the Browns last year. Strong offensive line. They're going to run the ball a ton. I feel like Miles Sanders is a guy that people will invest in in the draft, won't do anything the first half of the year, and will dump him. And whoever picks him up off waivers is going to really benefit the second half of the season. And that's completely fair. And it's funny because I actually have, and this is another situation, monitoring going into preseason because I want to see how they divvy this up because the workload could tell you a lot about how they plan to deploy some of these guys and who's resting and who's playing and how it's actually going to go. I think it's going to be a little bit of a car wash because you've got those four guys that we've already mentioned and then you've got Darren Sproles somehow waiting in the wings again because I don't even understand, but there it is. And uh, I actually have Sanders at 31 and I have Howard at 50. And it's one of those things that I'll be monitoring. Yeah, I'll be monitoring that throughout the preseason. For sure, because it's one of those situations where the Jordan Howard may have to come up and the Miles Sanders may have to come down and they may, be, they, may, they may both regress to the certain point. Because I will concede to you that while I like Miles Sanders now, also because as you know, I've never been a Jordan Howard guy. Uh, and the fact that it's gonna, I think it's going to be a bit of a car wash. The Miles Sanders is the one that is the shiny new toy. That's the one that that I think has the most upside and is the one that's there. However, I want to see how they're divvying that up in the preseason because while I may feel one way, the Eagles may feel a very different way. <laughs> wide receiver, speaking of former Bears, Alshon Jeffrey coming in at wide receiver 23 in Kansas. He's going down at wide receiver 29 in ADP, so the public hating Alshon Jeffrey. I'm not an H- and, and a, a Jeffrey fan in the offense, no, but I've got actually, 23. I view you so. as an Alshon Jeffrey detractor. Exactly. And I've got him right at consensus, 23. So look at that. I have the 27. That's, right, that's you're it. closer to ADP. Closer to ADP. Man, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's, this that's... is the one. Deshaun Jackson coming yeah. over, as we mentioned, 46 at consensus, 51 in ADP. I've got him at 54. I'm a little lower than everybody on Deshaun. I just don't buy it. Nelson Aguilar, of course, also not a big fan. Yeah. And then, uh, JJ, whatever, Whiteside. Nope. Yeah. Not interested. JJ Arcega Whiteside uh, is who he's referring to there. Not interested. I'm not interested in Nelson Aguilar. I'm not interested in in JJ. Uh, I have Deshaun in the low 40s. So I'm sorry, the uh, the upper 40s. So I'm right in line with with consensus. So I think there's some, there's a little bit of meat on that bone for you. But again, it's Deshaun Jackson. There's an injury risk every single. Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz. The question is, do you trust Dallas Godare? as a viable tight end starter, despite the fact that Zach Ertz exists? Starter, no. Uh, there's a reason why he's going in the 20s, because even, you know, they're trying to do the two tight end set thing. Uh, but starter, no. But definitely an interesting name to know. And also, he will have to see. How do you feel about that? Do you think he could get meaningful snaps? I have him at 26. So I'm a little bit lower than everybody on Godair. I'm less of a believer. Here's what I will say about Dallas Godair. No. Uh, I've got Dallas Godair at 25. Here's what I will say about Dallas. If you are investing the type of investment you have to make for Zach Ertz, I am absolutely drafting okay. Dallas Godair. I'm with you. No, I'll, get, I'll, I'll co-sign you there. I'll co-sign that. That's the, 100%. The rare tight it's end the only time the I want to have handcuff. two tight ends on my roster. Is if Not I'm since Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. Have we seen right, the tight exactly. end handcuff? Oh my lord, that is a that is a spot Look, on. We know right the there. offense ha- can produce a top five tight end. We know Dallas Godair is a big guy who's very talented and can find his way into the end zone, even they with draft, Ertz they drafted him for a reason. They drafted him for a reason. And Ertz yeah. has an injury history, so if Zach Ertz does go down, Dallas Godair becomes a top five tight end. Does he not? With how inconsistent that position is, yeah, he'd be five, but yes. So there he'd you go. Be, He'd be edging out like your there Evan you Ingram go. or Delaney Walker. 
however you want to rate that, or if you hate Hunter Henry, for sure. And then the Eagles defense, 14 consensus. I've got them at 11. I feel like, uh, again, the, the schedule's a little wonky, but they have enough talent there still that they should be able to uh, have a decent. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I have them at 30. I, again, it's kind of the same thing I echoed with the Cowboys. Again, not a big fan of the secondary. As Neil likes to call them, the R's. With a bye week of week ten, they don't like it Kevin when you call. Them, they don't like it when you call them the Redskin Potatoes, which is what <laughs> I think their actual name should be. Kevin O'Connell, the new OC, he was the QB coach last season. Alex Smith is expected to miss all of this year after missing all of last season as well, or most of last season, I should say. They were able to acquire Case Keenum from Denver to be the temporary starter. Drafted Drew Haskins, or I'm sorry, Dwayne Haskins as their uh, heir apparent. Resigned Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis is expected back sometime before training camp. So the R's, I just mentioned uh, Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, same scenario kind of as the Eli Manning and Daniel Jones scenario with the Giants, where the, I both have them in the 30s. Uh, Haskins is an interesting guy, deep sleeper, especially in a 2QB league young quarterback who could have potential if he gets the job, but uh, at least for a while, he won't. I have him at 30. I view him as a really interesting name to keep your eye on for the waiver wire, because at some point that's going to be an absolute. I've envisioned us writing about him on the waiver wire column a couple times this year. I don't know if he gets Baker Mayfield status where it's a weekly thing, but I don't envision anybody on the R's that they brought in to play quarterback actually being able to like, formally supplant him. I've seen Case Keenum play football. I've seen Colt McCoy play football many times. I think Haskins is the one, and it's particularly for Dynasty. Would you not agree? If you were playing Dynasty, Haskins, not well, a bad yeah, option for you, obviously. Yeah, pretty obvious, but so yeah, nothing for redraft really, except for a name to know. Uh, Darius Geis, leader in the running back room, 31 can this 29 Got him at 27. Love me some Darius Geis. Talked about him a lot last year. He was a top 20 guy for me last season. He got hurt preseason uh he's got the talent and given the workload i feel like he can break out he could have a rb2 type season high-end rb2 he's one of those guys that you could go zero rb and uh could actually have a big big year for you the question is just health always always with him it's going to be the health so he's tweaked his hamstring already here in the preseason he's trying to fight his way back from that acl tear if he can stay healthy I think he's going to be a reliable running back this season. I have him at 34, and I would just I would just say I'm only a little bit lower than you in all reality. Uh, but the tweaked the tweaked hamstring thing scares me because that's a very common injury when you come back from an ACL and you're trying to push yourself to get back early. That's usually how that manifests because you're running differently. So I'm I'm a little concerned about guys for this year in that sense. Still have him at 34. Uh, it's but it's a very interesting situation with him because the rest of it kind of. AP, uh, I've got right at 48. Consensus is 47, so I'm in line with that. Let's go into the hot take time machine once again. (laughs) Last year, remember, top 20, I had Chris Thompson. I thought he was going to have a huge year, and I was right for the half of the season before he got hurt. Uh, RB56 and consensus, I've got him RB38. Dude still has the same job he's always had. So I'm higher than uh, everybody else on Chris Thompson. What is your take? I have him at 41. And we yeah, go back. So you're to, right we, there. No, we go back. We both had the same argument last year, which is if you could play right. 16 games, he'd be a top 20 running back. And it's a question of whether or not he can do it. And I think we're learning that in real time, he probably can't play you all 16 games. However, if he can give me, let's call it 10, uh, I, that's why I have him ranked as where we, where we, frankly, where we both got to do. I think it'll get you about 10 games of solid production. Interesting. We've got uh, Trey Quinn, Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson, Terry McLaurin, all in the wide receiver. Quinn, Doxson, and Richardson are all clumped between 85 and 89 in consensus. However, for me personally, I have Quinn at 92, not that far off of consensus, but I have Doxson at 65 and Paul Richardson, who I still buy into the talent at 66. So I'm much higher on those two guys because I feel like they're going to have to throw the ball a bunch with that defense. Somebody's going to have to catch it. And those are the two guys I feel like are the most explosive. McLaren's an interesting guy if he gets the workload. 
I've got him at 98 compared to 116 in consensus. So I'm higher on him there. I'm closer to the ADP. That's interesting. I have Richardson at 61, Josh Doxson at 63. It's a bit of a hedge. Trey Quinn at 86. That's the one I'm actually the most interested in. And I have McLaurin at 100. And then I actually did rate Kelvin Harmon, the other run. Yeah, so we're both yeah. much higher on Doxson and Richardson than yes. ADP. Well, I've seen both so of those guys like... have success in the NFL. You know what exactly. I mean? So I think the hate's yep. gone too far. And the one that I'm the most interested in for what you get, for what you could get versus what uh, you have to pay, though, all of those guys for sure. But Trey Quinn is the one that, for me, post-hype sleeper. I was on him last year, and when he was healthy, they were using him exactly how I thought they would. He's going to play slot for them, and there's going to be a lot of dump-offs in that offense, and Jordan Reed can't possibly catch them all. So Trey Quinn is the one that I'll be most watching, honestly, during uh, during camp, because I think that Josh Doxson and Paul Richardson ADPs will work themselves out after preseason. Do you think that's fair? Maybe the hate's gone too far, and if they play during the preseason, oh, yeah, that could sure. come up. I think that's a thing. That's kind of where I think we are, because again, it's July. Uh, Jordan Reed, former top five tight end, down at 15 in consensus. 16 for me, kind of all out on the Jordan Reed at this point, even with the Vernon Davis handcuff that never goes away. I don't want any tight end for the R's this season. Uh, realistically, neither do I. I mean, it's just so injury prone, and Vernon Davis isn't that good. I have Jordan Reed at tight end 17, so how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. And then, of course, defense is trash because it's Washington. <laughs> so bad. Playing oh, from behind. So bad. A lot. So that's it for this week. An extended show a little bit. A lot to get through. Next week, only one division, and it's the NFC North. We have a little bit of an opinion about that. We'll oh, have more bit. news to talk about. We'll have uh, more news for the website. Can't wait to announce all that. And it's back. Finally. Is it time? Enjoy the event. It's time. Yes! Hard knocks. Coming back. Yeah. With some Gruden. Again, they're a year early. They're a year early. They screwed this all up. It should have been Dave Gettleman. But. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. So hard knocks next week, folks. Till then, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the important nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Try Tachyon. Thank you for listening and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.